was the night before the draft, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except maybe a mouse. Get it? Like a mouse, like keyboard mouse, get it? Because I'm on my computer doing the night before the draft, uh, one of my favorite nights of the year. I'm so excited for tomorrow. There have been so many trades, so many crap rumors. Everything is just really exciting. So I want to do a quick um, mock draft. One round, I actually did a three-round mock, but, uh, you know, just to do trades and stuff like that. But a quick one-round mock just to give my predictions in for what I think tomorrow is going to happen. If you're going to be listening, it might already be tomorrow. It might be draft day already. I'm just really excited. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, my episode the other day, I had Jake Burns and Stephen Thomas on, and we had an awesome awesome time two great interviews where we went over you know which prospects to look at which you know the browns might be looking at um and then i did like a little gambling uh bets i i've done a positional breakdown and and which was two and a half hours long uh i've done a ncaa tournament bracket for horrible browns bets or uh excuse me picks so i've done it all now Except my final mock draft. Oh, and I my 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 favorite one, my favorite podcast this season was I fixed every team in one in one podcast. And that actually is starting to come true because of some of the guys getting traded around. I said Carolina should trade for Darnold. They did. Bada bing, bada boom. So I'm gonna go through my mock draft. I just did one. It is my final one before tomorrow. And yeah, let's not waste any more time. So all right, number one. Trevor Lawrence, I don't really want to waste time on that. Uh, is there a chance that you know the world could you know explode and they'll take Justin Fields? Sure, yeah, there is, but it's it's not going to be that. It's Trevor Lawrence. They they know what they want and uh, they're not going to mess around. Good for Jacksonville. Number two is Zach Wilson. Again, there is a better than zero percent chance that this isn't Zach Wilson. I just. Uh, I don't see that playing out tomorrow. I think the Jets take Wilson. I think he's everything they want in a franchise quarterback, the face of the franchise. Um, It just already seems like that's the case. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny. Those first two picks, the quarterback that, like, it might end up being, it's not Mac Jones. It's it's, uh, Justin Fields. So when San Francisco is on the clock at number three and everyone's wondering, all right, which quarterback are they going to take, right? They moved up. They moved a couple first-round picks just to get from 12 to three in the first place with Miami. Um, They have Jimmy Garoppolo. They basically wrote him off this week by saying, I can't guarantee he'll be on the roster on Sunday. So they're ready to move in with a ready-to-go quarterback. I just do not think it's going to be Mac Jones. Could I be wrong? Yes, but I will be shocked if it's Mac Jones. So I'm not going to put him in my mock draft because I just don't see it happening. Could it be Trey Lance? It's starting to lean that way, right? It's starting to lean like, oh, he's that smart, experienced quarterback that runs a pro-style offense. Why isn't it going to be Trey Lance? He's kind of got the mix of everything you want in this quarterback class. So yeah, like it could be Trey Lance, but... I just, I don't know. I just saw Justin Fields at his pro day. Justin Fields whip up the Big Ten and then crush Clemson in the uh, in the college football playoff. And I think Kyle Shanahan sees this and he's like, man, this is the quarterback I could build my team around. So yes, this could be Trey Lance and the very off chance it could be Mac Jones, but I got Justin Fields going here. And I think San Francisco is going to win. 
basically 10 games every season with Justin Fields. They're going to find ways to protect him. They're going to have a very cool offensive scheme for him. They can depend on him running. He's a baller. I think this is a really great pick. All right, number four, it seems like this is the only player that's been mocked to the Falcons, so I'm not going to change it now. I'm not going to be, you know, I don't want to be wrong. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to be right if they pick Chase and I guessed it, but uh, no, I'm not going to, I don't want to be guessing something crazy and then the Falcons just take Kyle Pitts. Um, I, I have them taking Pitts here. I think he's the best offensive weapon in this class, uh, better than any of the wide receivers and I think he's the second best player behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's a chance if Justin Fields is there that Atlanta could take him or that a team would trade up for Fields at four. I don't see anyone trading up for Lance or Mac Jones at four. So I think they take Kyle Pitts and I think he's just uh, like a, a total baller for them for the next 10 years. Uh, number five, Cincinnati. You know what? I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. I don't think it should be Jamar Chase because I think you can find really good wide receivers easier than you can find really good offensive tackles. Um, and I think elite offensive tackles, they don't, they're not easy to come around, which Panay Suel will, uh, is. But I think they take Jamar Chase. I think there's just too much like fun fanfare going around about that. The people that... Um, you know, are are looking at his like you know a relative athletic score compared to the wide receivers they currently have. Yeah, it's like a step above them. But you got to be careful because these are pro day scores. This isn't like you know this is like a virtual off season. So you got to be careful with all the numbers you get. And I think people are clinging way too much to these uh, athletic scoring numbers, especially when the people holding these timers are. I don't know. It's just it's it's just different this year. So I want to, I would want to be careful. Um, but I just think the Bengals they really like Chase and they probably think they can protect Burrow um, with the guys they have plus a second round pick. I wouldn't do that. I think you know it's a less sexy pick to take Sewell, but I think they're going to take Chase. I just think they it, it just feels like they're going to do it because it's way too much fun right now and. Uh, I don't know. That's the way it feels like it's going to go. So, all right, the Dolphins up at six. I think they really wanted Pitts or Chase. I, that That's my guess, is that they wanted four quarterbacks to go in the top five, and they wanted one of Pitts and Chase. Um, they're not there. Do they take Sewell? It, it just doesn't seem like it. Like, there are a lot of, like, I'm, you know, checking out what the Miami writers are saying, and no one really thinks that they're taking Sewell. They just traded Eric Flowers, opening up a spot on the offensive line, I guess. I mean, if Flowers already is an open spot on the offensive line. Just kidding, um, but not really. So I think Miami, you know, they could look at offensive line here. They have Panay Sewell right there, the best left tackle, but I think they probably look at Austin Jackson as like, you know what, he's young. He's still coming back from that, like, bone marrow incident that he had in college. Um they like Jesse Davis at right tackle. If they're moving Robert Hunt inside, they're all over the offensive line. It doesn't seem like they're going to take a top-tier pick to solve that issue. So I think they're going Waddle. Uh, maybe they look to trade down. I think this is where we start to look at uh, 6, 7, 8 is a trade area. Uh, but I think they take Waddle because he's just he has the ability to be better than Chase. Um he is a number one wide receiver in a lot of draft classes, and I think uh, they just take him and they're happy that this makes life easier for Tua, uh, but like Cincinnati, they, they're ignoring a bigger need, I think. 
All right, number seven. Now, I have my first trade, okay? Um, I have Detroit taking the seventh pick, moving down to 15, and getting number 96 from the Patriots, as well as a 2022 first-round pick. Uh, first of all, on Detroit's side, I think they look at this as they could draft Sewell, they could draft um, you know, the first defensive player in the draft, but I think they look at 15 and they say, we can get a player of similar caliber uh, since we missed out on those three offensive uh, you know, pro- you know, production players. No Chase, no Pitts, no Waddle. Um, and I don't think they're taking a quarterback, so I think this is a perfect trade-down spot. With the Patriots, um, it just feels like there's a lot of smoke there. I, 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 I think I'm biting on a trap right now. I think I'm taking the bait on the Patriots that they're trading up because I think really they would want to trade up for Fields, but I like Trey Lance a lot, and I think that Belichick and uh, McDaniels probably look at Trey Lance and they think he's a very round, well-rounded quarterback. Um, if they're running the style with Cam Newton and they like it, but they want a, a young quarterback to you know run that offense, I think he's their guy. And it costs them their first round pick next year, but they probably consider themselves competing for a playoff spot. And that if that's a pick in the twenties, maybe they're not too worried about that. And uh, yeah, it does. They do lose a, a three as well, but I think if it's to get their quarterback of the future, they're willing to make this move. Okay. All right. So. Number eight, Carolina. They're very happy. I think Carolina's in a really nice spot this year, and I think they are a candidate to have a very good draft without making a lot of trades. Um, They already traded for Sam Darnold. Here, they get the best offensive lineman in the class and one of the best offensive linemen to come out of the draft in the last like six, seven years. Uh, Panay Suel falls right into their laps at eight, and with the offense that Mount Rules been running, and you know, even though they they would have liked one of those top wide receivers, um, or Pitts would have been nice here. Sewell just makes so much sense. They have a huge needed offensive tackle, so they take him, and they're really happy. Um, if Sewell goes earlier, I think they take Slater. I don't think that's a problem, um, and, and I think they're a trade candidate too. Uh, if if the quarterbacks are slipping and they are okay with Darnold. But um, in this case, Fields is gone. Lance is gone. Uh, I don't think anyone's trading up for Mac Jones. Not this high. Uh, so I think Sewell just works out nicely for them. All right, Denver. They traded today for Teddy Bridgewater, but that's just a stopgap quarterback. He is just here for this year to basically be better than Drew Locke. Um, it's it's weird, though. Like I, I mean, Ben Albright says they're not going to move up. So I'll take his word because he's he's pretty well plugged in. Um, he also has them taking Rashawn Slater. So do I. I think Slater here is the second best offensive lineman in the class. He's got a lot of versatility. They uh, they have a lot of money invested, money and high picks invested in their offensive line, especially at tackle. So yes, this is kind of like you know it's the rich get richer at that position is the way I look at it, and I don't look at it as redundant. Um, maybe Juwan James is gone soon and maybe they look at Slater as an inside guy, but, uh, all in all, I think that Rashawn Slater is just a really good pick for them. They're not going to, it's not sexy at all. It's the first like unsexy pick of this draft, but, uh, I, I look at it as, you know what? They could go with the first defensive player, right? They could have their litter of defensive players, but I just think they'll go Slater. I, I, I like the people that are saying Slater, so I'm going to go with the two. 
All right, Dallas. It would be fun for them to go J.C. Horn, but there's just way too much talk with them and Patrick Sertain. Uh, I'm not going to stray away from that right now, but they could go Horn. I don't think they go with any of the offensive weapons available, so I think it's Sertain. All right, number 11, the New York Giants. I got a lot of Giants fans, friends. I think uh, they'd be interested to see who I have them taking here. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the two offensive linemen I really liked for them are gone. They went uh, eight and nine. Uh, on offense, Pitts is gone. Chase is gone. Waddle is gone. So Devonta Smith is there on offense. They could go AVT, a, a really good offensive lineman out of USC. They can go Darasaw. Um, but ultimately, I look at what they've been doing, Gettleman and uh, Joe Judge. They were at two pro days. They were at Parsons Pro Day at Penn State, and they were at uh, Jalen Phillips Pro Day for Miami. So I look at those two guys, and I think that's who they're looking at. They probably want to get an offensive identity. Last year, they drafted Andrew Thomas. They want to give him a chance. They don't want to you know, double up on offensive linemen in back-to-back years. Even though I don't think it's the worst idea, I think you know since Slater's gone, they might be willing to say, you know what, let's get our pick of the litter on defense. We can take the first edge or the first linebacker. And in this case, I think they go Micah Parsons. I think that's like a really easy pick for them to make. All right, so moving along to the 12th pick, I got the Eagles taking J.C. Horn. Um, I've had this one for a while. Ever since Farley's injuries kind of became a bigger issue, um, it, it, this has made just a lot of sense for the Eagles. They have a lot of needs. And one thing you want is just a guy that's going to be very dependable um, and that you know is going to be really good. Uh, they're about to start a long rebuild. They want to give you know, uh, Hurts every, every chance he can get on offense. So they're not going to go quarterback here. Uh, you, you know, this would be way too early for a running back. And I don't think Devonta Smith, uh, as much as he'd be a nice weapon for them to have, I don't see him that far ahead of the next tier of guys for them to pass on a top 10 talent at JC Horn at, at cornerback. So I really like this uh, pick for them. And uh, if Horn doesn't go here, again, he could surprise people and go 9 or 10 to the Broncos or uh, Cowboys. And I could see him going as low as the Cardinals at 16, where I kind of think the Cardinals are the last spot for him. Uh, I think he doesn't make it that far. Okay, at 13, the Chargers. Um, I think this, this could go either way. A lot of people have 13, 14 being Chargers, Vikings going Elijah Vera Tucker Darisaw in either uh, in either order. Uh, so I know Darisaw could be the pick here. I know there's talk of Darisaw being the pick, but um, I really like ABT here. I think you know they're gonna a like taking like a local kid. They know he can play inside. He could possibly play tackle too. Uh, a lot to like. You know, if you like Tristan Wirfs last year, you'd probably like Vera Tucker as well. He's a very polished finished offensive lineman who can play basically anywhere uh you know four of the five offensive line spots and they know justin herbert franchise quarterback it's all about protecting him now uh he already has some pretty good weapons and wide receivers you can find wide receivers for him um but vera tucker is a very good offensive lineman i think this would be a really easy pick for them to make uh, is could be Darisaw, and this could also be where things kind of change up a lot. If uh, if the Chargers moved up to get Sewell, that would be something. 
you know, uh, put the two Oregon guys together uh, from college. So that'd be that'd be wild. Uh, this could also be a spot to uh, to trade up. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers made a move. So, all right, fourteen. The Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. Darasaw makes a lot of sense for them here. Um, however, looking at a lot of what the Vikings writers and beat writers are saying, uh, you know, they hit well in the second round. And there are a lot of guys that they could take here that they could still take at 23, right? So they look at, at you know, the New York Jets are at 23. The Jets have a dr- additional draft capital after the Darnold trade and the Jamal Adams trade, right? So they are thinking, okay, we have a brand new franchise quarterback. He already has his franchise left tackle. We got him some expensive uh, playmaker in, in Corey Davis, but he's still not like the playmaker. So the Jets are thinking trade up. Let's go get Devonta Smith and hit a home run in this in this uh, draft. We get our franchise quarterback. He already has his left tackle, and now he has his burner, his deep threat. And this is just a home run draft for Joe Douglas and Robert Salah's first year. They kind of uh they want to make a big splash. And Wilson to Smith. This would be, um, this is nice. It's it's a really good move. I had in my previous mock, I had the Jets moving all the way up to eight. Uh, and when using Darnold to get up and get Waddle, uh, they don't get Waddle in this case, um, but they do go up and get Devonta Smith. And for the Vikings, uh, th- in this trade, you know they look at this as okay. Um, they move down, they swap twenty three for fourteen, and in that they also uh, move up from pick one twenty five in the fourth, all the way up to sixty six. Uh, so it's it, they're not gaining any assets, but they are moving up uh, 60 plus spots in from the end of round four to the beginning of round three. Now they have a couple thirds. They can move back up into round two if they want, um, and they still pick 23. I, I really like this for the Vikings who you know do really well on day two picks. They're gonna want to, a couple more guys there. And look, if they took if they took Darisaw at 14, that'd be great. But I think they look at the talent that's available now at 14 and say, hey, nine picks later, we're still looking at the same level of talent. We can get an edge. We can get an interior offensive lineman, a tackle that we could all get right here. All right, so 15. Uh, I have another trade, okay? Uh, the Detroit Lions, they m- moved originally with New England. Uh, now that they're out of those top tier guys, right? They, you know, they were originally at seven. They are now no longer drafting there, so they're at fifteen now. They're saying, okay, we're not getting one of those top level guys. We might as well keep moving down. You have a rookie GM who has been talking trades for the last like three weeks. He's going to take every chance he can. Uh, to make a few moves in this one because, hey, rookie GMs, what they want to do is they want to load up on these assets, give themselves a couple years worth of drafts to really load up and like kind of make their move, okay? They're not taking a quarterback this year, and since they missed out on Parsons, I think they're willing to trade down again, all right? So uh, this time... They only move down three spots. The Miami Dolphins move up from 18 to 15. Um, and then uh, the Dolphins also get a five in this deal. One pick 153. But the uh, Detroit Lions pick up a third round pick, 81 overall, and a seventh, 244. So this is a nice little deal for Detroit. 
They move back three spots, and Miami, they move up a couple uh, ahead of a couple teams that might take Quiddy Pay. I think they really like Pay. He's built the same way that um, Emmanuel Ogba, one of my guys, uh, is built. And if they want another one of him to be his bookend edge, I think Quiddy Pay is a gr- is a really solid, uh, safe defensive end prospect. And I think Brian Flores is going to say, you know what? Let's put him on the field. We have him, and and we basically now have two Emmanuel Ogbas. And then Pay will be, you know, they'll have him for five years on his rookie deal, whereas Ogba, you know, they're they're working on a long term deal now. So, uh, or I I guess they did get him for a long term deal, but. Uh, this will be a nice edge for them. They already got their wide receiver. Now they get someone for Brian Flores who plays a very hybrid defense. Pay, I think, is a really good pick for them. All right, so now we're at pick 16. After a couple of trades, uh, we have Arizona Cardinals sitting there. Uh, I think they look at Caleb Farley and they say, you know what, he's worth the risk. We just lost Patrick Peterson, who was our franchise cornerback for a decade they picked him in that you know legendary 2011 class. I think they look 10 years later and they think, okay, you know what? We're going to go get another stud corner to be the number one for a long time. Um, I, I don't think his back injury is as worrisome as um, as people are like kind of making it out to be. I could be completely wrong. I'm not a doctor. I don't see this uh, his injury at all. So what do I know? I just think that... Uh, you know what? There are some people that are giving him the green light, and you know he could go like eight, nine, ten that range. But I think if you know, I think the other prospects are close enough to him. J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain are close enough that you're saying, you know what? They don't have any injury uh, concern, so they'll take them. And then the next couple picks were offensive guys, so I think this is a good spot for Farley. I think Arizona, they, they I mean, they just brought in Watt. That last year they overhauled the offense. Uh, I think this is a this is just a nice long-term piece that if he's healthy, this will help them right away as well in a division where you're now surrounded by stud quarterbacks. Uh, you're going to be going up against Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, and Justin Fields for six of your 17 games a year. You need to have DBs who can cover these uh, these wide receivers that are going to be all, all over the field for these, uh, you know, franchise quarterbacks all right 17 the los uh, las vegas raiders they are now picking an offensive lineman i've had tevin jenkins here for the last month and it still could be the pick i still think uh there's a really good chance but something dawned on me today uh you know the raiders in the last two drafts right in this uh gruden era this mike mayock you know drafting team i've noticed a couple things from them number one they, I think they fall in love with a guy no matter where he's supposed to go in the draft, and they take him there. Cleland Farrell went really early, right? Josh Jacobs was a running back they took in round one, and um, John, uh, was it John Abram? Uh, I, f- I forget his name already, geez. Uh, but uh, you know, the liability in, in coverage, but he's a hard hitter. Um, at, at safety so uh, you know they 
these were guys that's like, okay, they went a little bit higher than I think you would have liked to take them, but there were guys that my, Mayock and Gruden really like. Okay, then last year they had two more first round picks and they took Ruggs, who I was surprised because I thought, A, he's not the best wide receiver on the board. They could have taken Judy, they could have t- taken CD Lamb, but they took Ruggs. Probably thinking ahead of time, listen, Ruggs is going to be the wide receiver available to us, and then they fall in love with them because, I mean, CeeDee Lamb would have been a better wide receiver for them to take, even Judy, but regardless, they went with Ruggs because they liked him. They fell in love with him in the draft process. Didn't matter where he was going to be drafted. They took him. And then they took Damon Arnett, a guy that a lot of people had going 90th in the draft, uh, or, or even, I mean, at the very best late second round but they took Damon Arnett in the first round it was like okay what what are they doing here they must have just really liked him also another thing with these five guys big school guys right two of them are Bama Ohio State Clemson right they are going to take I think that what they are liking is these big program guys these guys are playing in the college football playoff big time players so I'm going with Alex Leatherwood here, tackle for Alabama. This will be three straight years of them taking an Alabama guy in the first round. I think this is a trend that Gruden and Mayock like, is that they're like, look, he's getting pro coaching at the college level. He's very dependable. He's going up against SEC play. Nothing to not like about him, right? Um, this is another example of they, they're not taking the best offensive tackle, which I have as Darisaw. They're not taking the guy that like you know might be the best fit, but they've cle- they've made a very clear and obvious need offensive tackle, and that's something they have done. They've taken the their needs. They've drafted based on need, but they haven't drafted the best player available. They drafted the guy that they liked from a big school. So I think Alex Leatherwood fits this perfectly, and that's not to say Leatherwood's not a great pick. I mean, if Darisaw is gone, this makes a lot of sense, but. Uh, I'm going to go with Leatherwood even above Darisaw because I think Oakland, sorry, Vegas is that one team that will make a move like that. All right, number 18, Detroit. They've traded down twice, right, to 15 with New England and then back to 18 with Miami. Geared up on getting some nice day two picks. They got a first round pick next year. Rookie GM, you've done your job. Uh, Great job getting yourself these assets to build your team around. If you want to make this work with Dan Campbell, you need assets. You need these picks, okay? So now you've moved down to 18. However, no one really wants to jump up, right? Mac, jo- you know, Chicago. If they want Mac Jones, they're, you're not going to deal with Chicago, right? In their division, Washington doesn't bite. They're not. They're not going to move up one spot because they like the guys that are there. They're not going to give up anything. Indianapolis likes what's there. Tennessee likes. No one's going to move up at this. Minnesota's not trading you with you at 23. Pittsburgh's not. Doesn't want to move up. Jacksonville's fine with where they're at. So you don't have a trade partner now. So now it's time to actually take somebody. And who I like for them, I think they're going to say, okay, we got what we wanted for the GM, the extra picks. They got a pick for next year. They moved down. They got extra picks this year. And they're getting a cheaper player, right? Okay. They missed out on those top tier guys. So they might as well take a guy that they really like for their scheme who maybe they're taking a stretch on, but... This is a guy that's just going to be on their team for a long time. They got rid of a linebacker in this offseason. I think they're going to go with Jamin Davis, who is a physical, athletic freak. And Dan Campbell is going to love him. He's going to say, I want a freak linebacker out there. I don't care if he's the 50th, 60th ranked player. 
he's my guy here. Um, other guys that I considered here were possibly Jeremiah Wusu koromoa um, I even considered Asante Samuel or Greg Newsom, but I thought two years in a row of drafting a cornerback in round one, um, I don't know. I just I just feel like they won't make that move. Um, I, I could think they could take Devonta Smith if they don't move down um, again, but I think Dan Campbell is like, I want a leader for my defense. Uh, pair him with Jeffrey Akuda from last year's draft, and you're starting to build something nice. They already have some high-priced guys on the D-line. So I think this is just like a winner winner for Detroit. The GM gets extra picks. The uh, the coach gets the linebacker that he wants, and uh, everybody's happy except Lions fans who wanted a you know top seven pick. Um, all right, next up, Washington Football Team at nineteen. This is the first spot in a while that Mac Jones could go, uh, but I don't think Washington takes the bait. I think they look at Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa and they say. This guy is an absolute stud. He is a safety linebacker hybrid, right? He he can cover like a safety. He tackles like a linebacker. He hits like like I I, I mean I, I don't know Bob Sanders basically. Um, he can cover tight ends, running backs out of the backfield, even play some slot on some wide receivers. But I think that is ill advised for a, uh, more than a couple snaps a game. Uh, blitzing, he's very good, and he's got great run defense. So he's everything you want in a second-level defender. And I, I would love him for Cleveland. I don't think he makes it 26. I think Ron Rivera says, you know what? We uh, got on offense. We're, we're pretty good. We're looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, we got him a couple wide receivers. He's, he's now got guys to throw to. Uh, could they go Darisaw here? I feel like this would be a really good spot for Darisaw. However, I just really feel like they are going to take Awusu Koromoa. I just got that vibe from them. I don't think they're taking Mac Jones. I think they're happy with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for now. And uh, they will be looking at free agent quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks for the next few years as they maybe bring along a mid-round pick. All right, Chicago Bears fans, rejoice. You aren't stuck with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles forever. You take Mac Jones at 20. Um, look, I actually like this value. I mean, I don't think Mac Jones is nearly as good as those top four quarterbacks. Um, I don't even think he's like a top 30 prospect. However, Chicago is in a really tough spot here, and uh, they don't have a quarterback. They're supposed to be a pretty good football team, but they don't have a quarterback. So they go with Mac Jones. Uh, they can bring along, bring him along, you know, slowly. He doesn't have to start year one, and uh, I, I don't think he will start year one. Maybe if Andy Dalton has some bad games, they eventually go to him. But um, this could be another pick for the next regime too, because you know th this could be forced by ownership uh, of saying, listen, we need to go get a quarterback. And it's not like the wide receivers here are that far above the next tier of wide receivers, which I don't think is true. I think Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore would be great picks here. But regardless, um, offensive tackle, they could go Darisaw. But I just think that the they're clamoring for Mac Jones, sitting at 20, not having to trade up for him. I think that's going to work out. All right, 21, Indianapolis Colts. This could be Darisaw, another pick. I know he keeps sliding. There's really no reason for him to sliding, but other than the fact that the teams that are picking at, you know, basically 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, they're all taking really great, like, you know, really solid picks that also fill huge needs. 
So at 21, I have Greg Newsom going to Indianapolis. I think that they've looked at him and they've said, you know what? Uh, we're going to have decent offensive line protection for Carson Wentz. We're going to be able to protect him pretty well. We don't need to have that elite, absolute star-studded offensive line. We don't need to spend another first-round pick on an offensive lineman where we could be taking a cornerback. And if we want to be competing with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and you know, hopefully Baker Mayfield, uh, in the AFC, you're going to have to have corners that can cover wide receivers that are going to be all over the field. Um, their defense was very underrated last year. Uh, they've they've really stepped it up, and I think they could use another corner though because you're basically playing three on every on every down. And uh, Greg Newsom, outside of uh, of a couple injuries where he's missed some games, he's a really good player. He's a lot like Denzel Ward, you know, coming out of Ohio State. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're gonna like him. Uh, putting him on the field, he plays every snap when he's healthy, and uh, and and you need him if you want to be competing for more than just the AFC South. Like if you want to be competing to win the AFC, you need more corners, you need more cover guys. And Greg Newsom is a very well-rounded corner. Uh, t- Titans don't like that because Titans would have loved to take Greg Newsom there. Um, this is a spot where I also could see Asante Samuel going. I think Asante Samuel could sneak into the first round. I actually have him going in the first round. Um, he can go as high as the Detroit Lions if they don't take Jamin Davis. Um, but he could go to the Colts at 21. He can go to the Titans at 22. However, this is one where I think this is Bateman's floor. I think this is the last spot where we see Rashad Bateman go because Tennessee, they lose Corey Davis, but... What are they doing? They replace Corey Davis with a guy who played in the same offense, you know, different school, not Western Michigan, but he follows Fleck to Minnesota. Bateman is, he's got great moves. He's got great hands. He he has the ability to get open. And I think he's in a number one over, uh, over AJ Brown and, uh, you know, Tennessee, they get this absolutely awesome new duo of wide receivers it helps them because they've lost Jonu smith they lost davis this offseason so they could really use a uh, a you know game breaker on the outside and uh i i just think that's a really good fit and as a browns fan it stinks because he's so close to going at 26 we see a couple of my browns favorite picks owusu koromoa newsome and now bateman go in three out of the last four picks um I think Rashawn Bateman could go a little bit higher. I think uh, it, it, my nightmare scenario is that he makes it to 26, the Browns don't take him, and then the Ravens take him at 27. Um, that's one of the reasons I think that he has to go 26 to the Browns is because we can't let the Ravens get him because he would be the perfect wide receiver for Lamar Jackson. Um, but he works out really well for Tannehill too, and I think uh, I think the Titans won't blink after missing out on the last of the like high ranked corners this could be asante samuel but i think it's going to be rashad bateman uh off chance it could be elijah moore but i have rashad bateman minnesota look at this they move down from 14 to 23 they uh take one of their fours their late four and move it all the way up to 66 nice nice move up there and they still get the guy 23 that they would have taken at 14 christian darisaw i just really like this match um, I think they could take him at 14 in the first place. 
Uh, however, I think in a move down, they know there's a possibility of getting a guy of very similar uh, you know, potential. So they make the move. They still end up with him. But at the end of the day, I think the Vikings will end up with Christian Derrissaw. He plays... Uh, he's a nice athletic offensive tackle. They really need help on the offensive line. Uh, there's no quarterback for them to be taking. I think they take a quarterback day two or three. Uh, this is just seems like a, the glaring need for them, and he's the best player available. At 24, the Steelers, it's like the worst-kept secret that they really want a running back. I don't know why. I don't know why they wouldn't take an offensive lineman here. They could have basically... Any interior lineman like Landon Dickerson would make sense, or uh, they could take Tevin Jenkins. They could take, uh, I mean, you saw Derisaw went one pick earlier. That would have been, I mean, if they moved up for Derisaw, it'd be great. But I really do, th- I'm buying the crap that they want Najee Harris. And uh, I don't see why you would take a running back in the first round when you are missing two offensive linemen and need to find new guys to block for him. And it's not like he's going to take their offense and make them like, you know, absolute contenders right now. They need linemen. They need a franchise quarterback because Ben Roethlisberger is getting really old really fast. But it's, I mean, it's no secret that they like Najee Harris and they uh, plan to build around him. So they got five years of running back now. All right, Jacksonville. I think, uh, you know what? Elijah Moore should be the pick here if they're going to go wide receiver. Um, they could go Travis Etienne and pair up the the Clemson backfield of Lawrence and Etienne. That would be that would be really something. However, I think they're willing to say, you know what, we're fine at running back. What we could use is another gadget offensive mismatch player. Right? They got Lavishka Chenault last year. They uh, they got DJ Chark. They they um, are still on the team. They they. Uh, you know, spend a free agent uh, money on uh, Marvin Jones Jr. But they're going to go out and get Kadarius Tony from Florida. He seems like the perfect Urban Meyer guy. Um, and he'll just be, he'll be lining up in the backfield. He'll be lining up in the slot on the outside. He'll be tough to follow wherever he is. And I feel like Urban Meyer is like, look, we could go all line here, but we have another pick in, what, seven, eight picks. So they could go old line there too, because I feel like, no matter who they take, the same similar offensive linemen are going to be available then. Um, and I just think that Kadarius Tony really fits the whole Urban Meyer mold. I would hate to not guess this because it's it, it would be like such a, a duh move when they do draft him. All right, twenty six. The Browns are up. Uh, I don't think they move up, right? You know, I think there's a chance they move down. And if the board falls like this, it's going to be really interesting, right? Okay, um, the two receivers, Moore and Bateman, that I I, th- I thought they could take, they're gone. All right, cornerbacks, Newsom, Horn, they're gone. Could they reach and, and go Asante Samuel? Yes, they could, and I'd be okay with that. Um, outside of pay, they have their uh, they have the pick of the litter at edge, and uh, no interior defensive linemen have been taken either. So. To me, it seems like that's where this pick is going to be, uh, is on that D-line. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be Joe Tryon out of Washington. More than one person that I like has said it's Joe Tryon. And to me, that is like a huge alert, right? Like Ben Albright has them taking Joe Tryon. And then one more guy, I'm not going to name him right now, has said Joe Tryon is uh, is a guy that the Browns really like. So... 
I don't think the Browns are the type that are going to say, well, maybe we can get him at 59. No, I think they're just going to take an end that they really like here and not mess around. At this point, I would like to see them move down, but I'm not sure who's going to want to move up at this point. Um, you know, maybe someone wants to jump back into round one, uh, like Jacksonville, you know, after they just took a wide receiver, maybe they move up and take an offensive lineman. Uh, maybe, you know, people see that the next couple picks, you, you could have three edge rushers going right now. So maybe someone that really wants an edge rusher, but I think kind of the Browns are kind of might be stuck. Maybe they move down four or five spots and still take Joe Tryon. But to me, that's what I have them doing is taking Joe Tryon, uh, out of Washington. Uh, and then the very next pick, and, and I hate to say this because I like this guy better and he plays the same position, but I have the Ravens taking Aziz Ojulari from Georgia, uh, I mean, I don't. I think Joe Tryon is a nice player and he's a well-rounded player, but I think Aziz Ojulari is this twitched-up athletic freak who has so much potential to be even better than he actually is, and he just seems like a guy that's going to be wearing purple. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I have a hard time seeing Rashad Bateman and Aziz Ojulari in any other uniform but Ravens, um, and I'll be, I'll be so happy if the Ravens don't take either of those guys, because right now I'm already putting them on the Ravens roster, right? Um, the Ravens need an offensive tackle after they just traded Orlando Brown. However, I think they're probably looking and saying, you know what? We have another off. Uh, we have another pick in a couple picks, but right now Aziz Ojulari, oh man, we're going to make the Browns suffer for not taking him. So I think that's what they end up doing here. All right. 28 New Orleans Saints. They're up. I think this is where Asante Samuel goes. I think he sneaks into round one, and he's if he was an inch taller, this wouldn't be a debate at all. So yeah, if Samuel was an inch taller, I think he'd be a pick in the teens. I still think he could go to Detroit. I think they really like him. He's talked to so many first-round teams, uh, or I shouldn't say first-round teams. He's talked to so many teams. I really do feel like there's too much interest for him to sneak out of the first round. Um, so I think the Saints take him. They know that they might have to move off of Marshawn Lattimore next year. They still could use cornerback help right now. So I think this is the right time for them to take corner. And I think Asante Samuel is a top five corner in this class. Uh, and I think he sneaks into round one when it's all said and done. At 29, we got four picks left in the first round. At 29, Green Bay could go in a number of different directions. They missed out on Bateman. Uh, they And... Uh, you know, I think, um, oh, you know what? Elijah Moore is still available. And this is someone that I thought the Browns, you know, would have taken at 26 had he been available. But the Joe Tryon, you know, noise is just too much right now. So um, Elijah Moore could be a pick for the Packers, but they might look and say, you know what? We have a first round tackle right here. We It's a big need. We haven't been taking wide receivers in round one. We're not going to take it just because the fans want one. So they're going to take Tevin Jenkins. Plug him in at right tackle. They need some help on the O-line. If they want to milk Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the next five years or however long he can play, they need to keep him upright. So five years of control for an offensive tackle. Uh, a mauler. He's a beast out of Oklahoma State. Tevin Jenkins. Uh, I think this is a really good pick. And, you know, I know a lot of people probably want, you know, Asante Samuel would be a good pick here or a wide receiver, but those are really deep positions, so they can get someone at the end of round two that might be similar to, you know, Tevin Jenkins, and I think they'd be happy with that uh, in, ter you know, in terms of a skill level. All right, 30th pick, Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, this just fell nicely into their hands after they missed out on Samuel and Newsom. After a run of edge rushers went, they could go Jalen Phillips, but you know they miss out on Quiddy Pay, Ojolari, Joe Tryon. Uh, I think they just take Travis Etienne and they say, you know what, he is a game breaker, uh, you know, uh, running back who can catch passes out of the backfield. He'll help Josh Allen. He will, you know, basically carry the load for them. Uh, he could have gone a couple picks earlier to Jacksonville. I think this is a really good, like, rich get richer type pick for Buffalo, who they want to get over the hump and beat Kansas City. Uh, it's going to come down to firepower with them. And, you know, no offense to Zach Moss and Singletary and any running back they have in the backfield there. Travis Etienne is built different, and he is, you know, he, he can be one of those elite-level running backs that can get them over the top. I usually don't like taking running backs uh, in the first round, but if you're a team that's competing right now and you have a glaring hole at running back, uh, yeah, it works. You know, uh, would I like to give him a cornerback? Yes, but uh, Buffalo's got such a good a good defense already that they don't really have a big need there. Uh, ETN, though, really might be the one that puts them over the top. All right, at 31, Baltimore. Uh, this one could be Elijah Moore, but I think they saw that Terrace Marshall pro day and they're like we want a big fast physical receiver Terrace Marshall out of LSU maybe they talked to uh, Patrick Queen and after never taking an LSU guy in the first round they go back-to-back years and take an LSU Tiger in the first round uh this would be a really good pick for them it just makes a lot of sense they want big receivers uh you know especially after it didn't work out with Hollywood Brown uh, he has been kind of like a you know a bust in in ways to them, so I like Terrace Marshall going in the first round. I think Green Bay could be a spot, and if not Green Bay, I think Baltimore with their second first round pick. I think they uh, wait on offensive tackle until the end, uh, maybe later in this draft, or maybe they try and squeeze out a free agent. Uh, and then the final pick of the first round, I think Tampa. They can sit back and they're in such a good spot, right? They they don't they're not losing a single starter from their uh, Super Bowl team. They're not losing even any of the guys that like played snaps for them. Like it, you know, Field Yates point out the snap share um, is basically going to be like ninety six percent returning. So they are like, okay, what do we do now? We have the same team returning from the Super Bowl. Um, so what do they do? Maybe they look at the future. They say, okay, we're not going to have JPP forever. Uh, he's already getting up there in age and we could use someone to replace him long-term. Jalen Phillips would be one of the best players in this draft had he not had concussion issues and had he kind of like, you know, stayed with it at UCLA. He's had kind of a rough football path. But I think Tampa is the right team for him to go to. He goes there. He buys into their winning culture. And he doesn't have to start right away. He's their third D end. And he would eventually be the starter. And I think they look at him as this is just such a like a boom prospect for them. And would be such a such a nice grab for them at pick 32. So uh, that's it. That's, that's my night before the draft mock draft. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, this has been an awesome draft cycle, and I'm so excited for the draft to finally be here. Uh, I feel like I've waited long enough. There's just been so much crap flying around this past week that I don't know what to believe. But I was ready to put um, my picks 
to the grind and uh, just be done with it. These are my picks. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this mock draft. Uh, and I'm just really excited to check out the draft tomorrow. So, uh, again, thanks for listening to the podcast. I've had like six draft-related podcasts this season, but thanks for everybody for listening, and uh, go Browns.